Welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. This is episode 124 of the show. My name is Ed Moore, and beware there will be spoilers. If you want to get in touch, Teal Productions on Twitter is one way. T-E-A-L is in the color. Lords of Order has a Facebook page. There's another way. The Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com, if that is your way. And bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate is the website for the final way. Justice League of America, the 1960 volume, issue 47, cover dated September 1966 is the book. And that is wrong. No, it is September 1966. Okay, looking at the wrong book. The Bridge Between Earths is the name of the story. Now, this can be found reprinted in Justice League of America Archives 6, dated 2000. Crisis on Multiple Earths, dated 2002. Showcase Presents Justice League of America 3, dated 2008. Justice Society of America, a celebration of 75 years, dated 2015. Justice League of America, the Silver Age Omnibus, number 2. Dated 2016. Crisis on Multiple Earths. Number one, Crossing Over. Dated 2021. Now, our creatives for this are Gardner Fox on scripting duties. Mike Sikowski on penciling duties. Sid Green following Mike Sikowski on inking. Somebody colored it. We don't really know who. And finally, the letterist, Gaspar Saladino. Now, on the cover, we have a... Highlight of the story in the middle. Down the left-hand side is our Justice League roster. The Atom, Batman, Flash, Green Lantern, and Hawkman. On the right side, these are headshots, is the Justice Society of America. Black Canary, Dr. Fate, Dr. Midnight, Sandman, the Spectre, and Wildcat. And the teaser in the middle tells us, To touch antimatter man was to risk instant destruction. The most amazing death-defying battle ever fought. And we have Batman, Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Flash going up against the Antimatter Man with being being led by Batman who is punching him on the jaw. All right. Inside we have across the top the Justice Society list. Across the bottom the Justice League list. On the left side is a picture, a... The, the picture of Blockbuster on the right side is a picture of Solomon Grundy. In the middle, the narrator tells us, For you Johnny-come-latelys who missed the first half of this extravaganza, we'll clue you in that certain people and superheroes have been mysteriously switched from Earth-1 to Earth-2, and vice versa. Included among the displaced victims were Blockbuster, now running around, now running amok on Earth 2, and Solomon Grundy, now stalking Earth 1 for his hated foe, Green Lantern. Finally, the Spectre had extended himself between both Earths to prevent an onrushing collision between them, only to start losing his grip because of the nearby presence of a wanderer from the antimatter universe. Now that these dire events have you all shook up, how can you resist reading The Bridge? Between Worlds. Ivy University, the experiments of Enrichetta Negrini, overseen by Ray Palmer, who is the Atom, but he cannot become the Atom. He is very Atom-less. It's not working. Suddenly he realizes that the mechanics in his palms that he uses to control his transformation are actually starting to heat up. 
realizes the only thing with that kind of power running that he's aware of is the space warp mechanism that is the basis for Miss Negrini's experiments. He reaches over and turns them off and regains control over his abilities. Now, it's taken all of an issue, uh, a whole issue, however long that was, for the mechanisms to heat up, and he that quickly decided it was that machine. I wondered all along if it was that machine. I actually wondered if that machine is what is bringing the Earths together as well. Now we cut to Earth 2, where Blockbuster has been subdued and is much friendlier now that he recognizes his buddy Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne, Sandman, Wildcat, and Dr. Fate are talking, but in the midst of their talking, Blockbuster is replaced by Solomon Grundy, who doesn't like anyone, and so he just starts punching people. Bruce Wayne, Wildcat, Sandman, Dr. Fate manages to get away and um, turns... He attacks Blockbuster, or well, Sandman attacks Blockbuster by using his whatamajigger gun, whatever he calls it, to make cinder blocks and hurls them at Blockbuster. Well, Blockbuster hurls them back. Dr. Fate turns the cinder blocks into custard pies, which everyone then catches and flings back at Solomon Grundy, eliciting a fooey, me no like, from Solomon Grundy. He doesn't like them so much that with a single swipe, he knocks out Wildcat, Sandman, and Bruce Wayne. Three with a single blow. We cut to Earth 1, where the mountain that Solomon Grundy was imprisoned in is starting to rumble, and Hawkman, Black Canary, Flash, Green Lantern, and who that? Dr. Midnight realize that Solomon Grundy is escaping, but to their chagrin, it is not Solomon Grundy. It is Blockbuster. He lights into Green Lantern, and Dr. Midnight knocks them out immediately, grasps Hawkman by the arm, flings him into Flash, knocking him out. Black Canary runs up and is going to use one of her amulets uh, pills that when will release a substance when splashed on Blockbuster will deep freeze him, freeze his body. But as she flings it, Blockbuster uses some, emits some energy from his eyeballs that he absorbed while he was at the Alfred Memorial Laboratory, which is where they were keeping him prior to the story, and disintegrates the, the substance. Well, Black Canary, undaunted, grasps Blockbuster's arm and is going to do a, do a judo throw, but yeah, that doesn't work. Blockbuster's too big. But it does give Hawkman, Green Lantern, Flash, and Dr. Midnight chance to recoup, and they all attack. The Cyrotuber is Midnight's gun's name. Cyrotuber. Blockbuster, though, between what has happened recently and whatever experimenting or whatever was done with him at the um, Alfred Memorial Laboratory, is able to absorb all of these different methodologies that the heroes are flinging against him and fling them back at the heroes. Uh, Dr. Fate has gotten a call from his scrying sphere and has left the fight to peer into it and see that the specter is holding Earth-1 and Earth-2 apart, and this odd antimatter creature is walking across Spectre's back. Using his magic, Dr. Fate summons everyone, and we see Wildcat, Batman, Sandman, Black Canary, Dr. Midnight, Hawkman, and Green Lantern, and he pits them against this antimatter creature uh, in a rather interesting way. 
Now there are a couple flyers, let's see, three flyers, Dr. Fate, Hawkman, and Green Lantern. Green Lantern magics a, a sphere of matter around the midsection of the antimatter creature, upon which he sets Wildcat, Flash, and Batman to attack from. And standing on the Spectre's back, uh, that, that's where the antimatter man is walking across, there where he is standing, Dr. Fate puts Sandman, Dr. Midnight, with his cryotuber, and Black Canary. So we have three uh, avenues of attack against the antimatter man. We see that he takes care of Hawkman, Dr. Fate, and Green Lantern first, takes care of the Flash, Wildcat, and Batman next, and last takes care of Black Canary, Dr. Midnight, and Sandman. So everyone has succumbed to the powers of the antimatter man. In a, um, well, let's see why. Why did this happen? They rally around each other to do more team, to do by teamwork what might be a, a bit difficult as individuals. Okay, well, I don't understand necessarily because Green Lantern's ring had been turned against him and he was being held and crushed by a giant green hand. But then I guess he recovers control of his ring because he then frees him or he uses it to, no. I see the sequence. Okay. Dr. Fate was in, in, encased in a, an energy cage. He's able to work his magic through the bars of the cage, freeing Green Lantern. Green Lantern, in turn, frees Hawkman. As he falls, the, the, the cage, which was suspended, is now falling because he doesn't have the magical energy to keep it lifted. As it falls, Dr. Fate frees Flash, who then uses his abilities to help Batman and Wildcat combined, uh, because of the way that they were defeated by the Antimatter Man, helps them attack Antimatter Man. Falling... Finally, we he helps Sandman get free enough to help free Dr. Midnight, who in turn helps free Black Canary, who then helps give Dr. Fate some of his juju back, and he is able to raise himself back up to the uppermost group of attackers, seeing that Sandman, Dr. Midnight, Black Canary are free and have redoubled their attempts at the feet to bind the feet of the Antimatter Man. The Flash, Batman, and Wildcat are free to continue their physical beating of the midsection of the Antimatter Man. And up top, Hawkman and Green Lantern are free and they use this magical cage that the that Dr. Fate is trapped in. They grab the cage and they punch with the cage, the antimatter man in the face, because he is antimatter. Presumably, the cage is made out of magic, is made out of energy that is positive matter. The combination of the two instantly knocks antimatter man out. Flash, Wildcat, Batman, Black Canary, Dr. Midnight, Sandman help push the antimatter man off of and away from the Spectre. They continue uh, beating on the Antimatter Man to, to keep him unconscious, to keep him occupied as well. Um, Dr. Fate starts helping the Spectre keep the two Earths apart. We cut to Earth 1, where Adam, Ray Palmer, has used the um, machine that Miss Negrini was working with to... 
Uh, by turning this dial, I find I can focus through the helix and into warp space. So it, it allows a portal to where Ray Palmer Adam can see that the specter is separating the two Earths and can see uh, that this creature is falling away from him. He doesn't really know much about the creature. But he's going to go help the specter. He does see that emergency. So he dives through the portal to the specter, talks to the specter. He got an extra set of his enlarging, shrinking devices. He always carries an extra set, apparently, and affixes them to specter. And he tells the specter, when you give the word, I'm going to shrink you to sub subatomic size, and then I'm going to increase your mass to the size that it just was. Now that incredible shrinkage expansion may be too much for your body to handle and you may explode in a uh, cacophonic release of energy, uh, but I'm hoping that that energy will propel the Earths back to where they belong. And I suspect you'll be able to survive, but I don't know for sure. So if when you're ready, you let me know. So he shrinks the specter. Specter gives the signal. Adam increases the size, and he does indeed explode in a flaring, colossal explosion that blossoms upward and outward. Now, there's no sound in space to herald this super Brobdignagian detonation. Excellent word. That is the word of my favorite Renfair group, the Brobdignagian Brobs, Bards. Brobdignagian Bards. There we go. Um, is the Renfair group. But only that titanic blaze that signals the blowing apart of the specter. And as that awesome explosion sends its shockwaves out across warp space, it flings Earth-1 and Earth-2 apart back into their normal orbits from which Enrichetta Negrini's space warping machine first drew them. So it was her machine that was responsible for breaking the forces that keep them apart, allowing them to grow together. Um, Adam grows um, concerned about the specter. The specter is able to pull himself together and does so. Uh, his ability to do that, the Adam calls as spectacular, uh, as a play on spectacular. Yeah, so uh, they go their separate ways here at the end. Couple ads, mail page. There goes Antimatter Man. The shock waves from my exploding body have finally arrived. So they were far enough away that the explosion centered here between the two Earths and expanded out. Took a minute, right, to get to where Antimatter Man was. Now, it knocked Antimatter Man, but it did not knock all our heroes. I'm not sure how that worked. I, I didn't, wouldn't think the energy was that selective. Now, we come to find out, was it here? No, it was earlier. The antimatter man was merely walking around as a tourist, and he was assuming that all the difficulties that he was having, the people attacking him and everything like that, was just part of the difficulties of making a journey of this nature. He had no idea he was doing anything wrong. He had no idea they were trying to stop him. He had no idea, mm, okay, what would happen if he came in contact with Earth. Now, I would suggest that that's interesting because in the matter universe, we understand the uh, mixing of matter and antimatter. But in the antimatter universe, they don't. Um, I think that's where, isn't that where the, the Quardians are from? Um, they know all about it. So I guess they just haven't spread the word yet. No, I don't think they've been created yet. So I'm just being facetious and ornery. 
So all our heroes are gathered around. Um, okay, so we got rid of that. Now we need to go take care of Blockbuster and uh, Solomon Grundy. <laughs> Green Lantern's like, nah, man, I got you. I got you. Uh, because what he did is he set the two of them against each other when Dr. Fate took everybody to help the Spectre. And so when they return, they return just in time to see Blockbuster and Solomon Grundy knock each other out. And then when they wake up, they're all friendly because they have knocked the hate out of each other, is, is what our heroes say. And so Solomon Grundy is all huggy-huggy and Blockbuster is all friendly-friendly. And the people of Earth 2, along with Black Canary, Spectre, Dr. Midnight, Solomon Grundy, Wildcat, Dr. Fate, and Sandman return to Earth 2. The people, along with Hawkman, Green Lantern, Batman, Blockbuster, the Atom, and Flash return to Earth-1. All is peachy keen yet again. Besides, we superheroes are always around to make the world safe. Right, everybody? Green Lantern asks, and the narrator tells us. And we all echo, right! So, that's the end of the book. Uh, we do have an ad here that says, Holy horoscope, the stars spelled danger for Superman and Batman. A weird new villain, Dr. Zodiac, uses the mystic power of astrology to put the whammy on the world's finest team. And then, uh, no, yeah, that's that's what's going on here. World's finest issue. Uh, I can't really see an issue number. I don't know what issue that is, but... So there you go. Probably the issue that is, well, that was on sale uh, July 26th. So probably in September, um, cover dated September. So probably the same time this book was out. And that is all. So the end of yet another Justice League, Justice Society team up. Uh, all is, as I said, Peach Keen now. Blockbuster is back where he belongs. Solomon Grundy, the Antimatter Man, the Earth's. Uh, are back. All the peoples are back. I mean, everything is set up for whatever comes next with the Justice League of America. And a little while later, whatever is in store for the Justice Society when they next team up with Justice League of America, which will be Justice League issue 64. But before that, there is a Dr. Fate appearance in the 1959 volume of Flash, issue 171, or 170. So that will be the next book, Troopers, that we look at after this episode. Thanks a lot for being here, for tuning in, for hanging out, for listening to me. I appreciate it. 20, 21 minutes of your time. I hope you don't believe it was wasted. I don't think it was wasted. Talk to you guys next time. Ciao.